Oh, so Willie, this this weather's been getting so nice, and it feels like we're in a spring thaw right now, even though it's the middle of February. But I'm just happy to be out of these negative temperatures. How about you? Oh, I, I this is so nice. If you're unfamiliar with Minnesota weather, I know we're going to talk about weather a little bit later today, but today is our first pre-spring. It's 37 degrees out. I went and bought uh, a swimsuit and some towels, so I'm just prepping for second and third winter, and then first spring and second spring, and then real spring. And then construction season. Correct. So I thought, you know, maybe since the weather was getting a little bit nicer and I could kind of like chip away at the garage... I get it get everything unfrozen or unthought or thought out i would i'd take a little trip so so i packed up all my belongings i i made i started going west i headed out west and i just kept driving and just probably there's some stuff out that way you might want to pick up right right you know it's it's been a while everybody's been locked down so I thought, you know, it'd be good to get away. And I made it as far as uh, beautiful Colorado. Naturally, that's where you would want to go. They have things that we don't have in Minnesota. They certainly do have things that we don't. Colorado is known for its its wonderful tourism and hospitality. So I just stepped into the, the local shop, as it may be. Just the nearest one. I've, I found one. It had good Yelp reviews, and I decided to go and visit there. And wouldn't you know it, they were so hospitable, they said, hey, at our our facility, which is, isn't is based here, it's actually in a different state, we're offering tours. And we fly you out there, you get the hotel, you get the tour experience, all, uh, all a package. Would you be the right interested? time for people to do it. COVID, you can't really travel much, so let, let's give these all-expenses-paid trips, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they, you know, they're they're spacing people out on planes, so I felt like this would be a good risk to take for just to enjoy life a little bit, right? right? Got my ticket, and I was all ready to to just fly to beautiful Honolulu. Awesome, amazing! Yeah. What a great yeah. time of year to go to Hawaii! Oh my goodness! Right. And you would think like a Denver flight to Hawaii, it would just be like a nice, enjoyable flight. I'd, I'd put a sleep mask on and yeah. I, I'd just get some shut eye. Wouldn't even think twice about it. Scott, yeah. there, there was a, wasn't there that flight to, to Hawaii? Scott, were you on that flight? Oh yeah, that's, that's why I'm still here recording with you, Willie. You were on that flight? I oh yeah, say- I've, I've got some, I've, oh, did I not show you? I, no. I took video. Here, let's. I've got the audio and the video here. I'll just, I'll send it over to you. All right. You should be getting it right about now. Got it. And, I got it. Okay. And let's. Here, well, let's just put it into the show. Why not? Yeah. Th- Scott. Yes. Th- this is terrifying. But I, I, I gotta say, I think I would still rather be on that flight than the one to Cancun with Ted Cruz. to the front podcast of the internet. I am your co-host Scott Carolla and with me always is Willie Matson. And I you know honestly, I was walking to get coffee this morning because it really was beautiful outside. 30... Dishonestly, I was doing the same. Walking or getting coffee? Getting coffee because I don't get coffee. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah. He gets it, but not coffee. So anyways, I I I don't I was walking Genuinely, I saw a puddle on the ground and was like, all right, I'm not going to step in this puddle. I'm going to try childish. And, I'm going to try and walk around it. 
thinking that the snow was just melting like everything else was, I attempted to step on the side of the sidewalk where there was like a little snow embankment. What Hold- angle was this embankment at? Uh, 10, 15 degrees. It was, it was, is minor. I had an old person moment and both feet went sliding across the the little ravine that was built in the sidewalk and I had to catch myself in the puddle in my glove and then proceed to walk an additional mile home. If if this so, was negative out, that would have been the worst experience. Let me ask you this. Did anyone see you? I had noise canceling headphones on. I didn't even I was like, fuck it. I have no idea if anybody's looking at me or not. Somebody was inside and was like, look at that fucking idiot. This is karma for us talking about people slipping on their ass last week. Yep. Uh, Which means don't get on the flight. There was a lot that happened this week, Scott. Oh my gosh. And there's stuff that's like still happening. Mm -hmm. It was super busy. I'm going to start us off with arguably one of the biggest things that has happened in human history. We landed on Mars. For the first time, Willie, we landed on Mars. Scott, I got, I got news for you. What's that? It, that? That wasn't the first time, buddy. It wasn't? No. How many times have we done it? Okay. How many times? Well, Do you know how many times like we've landed? Several. I think it's like three. This we, is our we, third rover. We're basically littering on Mars at this point with how much stuff we're putting on <laughs> but in what is great news for humankind the the mission perseverance i believe is Correct. the rover's name successfully landed on the surface of mars and this week in r slash interesting as fuck the post is titled mission confirmed we are safe on mars lots of periods here is the first picture taken by Perseverance just seconds after landing. And by now, I'm hoping most of you have seen either photos, which are crispy, like super high res. So good. And or the video that is, pardon the pun, floating around of the landing, (laughs) where it's, it's just coming down to the surface at 90 kilometers per second. You see a heat shield fly off. You see it get closer and closer, and it's it, it's like the camera's just swaying as it slowly gets closer. It starts to hover a few meters off of the surface with this thing called the sky crane. Amazing piece of technology that's just these jets blasting air, and you see all of the dirt, the Martian dust flying around, and it starts to lower the rover, which is the size of a small SUV, by the way, uh-huh. and just plops right on the surface of Mars, and then the thing takes off. Yeah. It's it, nuts. Do you it's- remember when we were when we were youngsters and they were testing how they thought they would be able to land something on another planet? And do you remember them creating this like weird hexagonal shape that with balloons that came out and yeah. then it bounced and rolled and they hoped to God everything didn't break? <laughs> it was it was like throwing a giant bubble uh, or a balloon. With the thing stuck inside, with like billions of dollars of technology, right? And hopefully, it bouncing at I don't know how how fast it would have crashed into the surface, <laughs> but fast. once that it would, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that it would have been crazy. It's just crazy to think about that. That's the first place they started. Part of the science. I've been watching a few videos. I'm gonna link again another kind of sciency based video for those that care. 
by a much larger influencer than us. It's the first time I've called us influencers, if you could call us that. A guy named Mark Rober. He's the guy that has created all of those like package thief videos around the holidays where like you open up the box and oh, it yeah, shoots glitter, out glitter, bomb. glitter bombs. Yeah, that's, yeah, Mar- yeah. that's Mark. Uh, he worked on the first Curiosity rover, the very first rover that landed on Mars. Oh, he did. I didn't Correct. know that. He was an engineer on that team. I can't remember exactly what he what he built, but he came out with a video that the point of that video, though, in there, he says the science has gotten so good at NASA's ability to land on Mars that the very first time they landed, they had this enormous, like many mile kind of sphere that they thought the or not sphere oval that they thought the thing would land in. That was their predictable space. They that was their landing area? Area, right? Okay. Because there's a 12-minute gap between information getting back to us and what what's actually happening on Mars, because that's just how... The delay. Yeah, that's the delay how space and time. Light. How, that's how fast light travels. 12 minutes other, from other Mars Other science does. words. Yeah. You got it. You Light? Light is science. Technically, you're correct. They've narrowed it down to like a third of the space of the original one, if I'm quoting the video correctly. It's incredible. Like they know within like a hundred yards where this thing is gonna land. And they can be so much more precise on where they land, so they don't have to spend literal months to get the rover to the place that they want to start testing. There's another photo of them like drilling into the Martian surface. Yeah, yeah. And so like Mars is called the red planet because it's basically covered in iron. And so we see all this iron dust. But once they drilled into it, it was actually very gray. Not too not too dissimilar to the walls of my house here or my hat. <laughs> right. Uh, or the moon. The moon is made of cheese. So. Sorry. Also a science term. You're correct. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. More people should know that. Yeah. And if the moon was made of spare ribs, Willie, would you eat it? Yeah, you don't even have to pay me. I will pay you to get me to the moon. Space ribs. Sounds good. (laughs) You know, the other thing to remember, Scott, is it's freezing on Mars. Oh, yeah. You definitely need more than a light jacket. But you know what still worked? Solar Uh, panels. Oh, okay. You would think that uh, apparently Texas was colder than the surface of Mars this past week. Okay. Because based on on the words of Ted Cruz and a, maybe probably Fox News, it was too cold for windmills yeah. and solar panels to work. All that clean energy just uh, wasn't cutting it like the boot scoot boogie down in the south. We we touched on this last week. We were talking about the weather down there, really as things were getting started. But as the week went on. So much more was happening. People feeding their family out of their cars, all the hotels fully packed, and then them losing power. There's an interesting photo from r slash picks this week. It says two Domino's workers after their shift in San Antonio, Texas today, all the food was gone in four hours. Did you see this photo? I did see this photo. It was covered uh, far and wide by several news publications. So based on reading this, they were one of the only businesses that had power and food on a a specific day, the specific day that this was open. And in four hours, 
they went through their entire food holdover. Which would normally, I think, last like two days. Mm-hmm. They would normally get an order. I, I believe it said something like that every two days just to refill on food. But the Blitzkrieg that they must have received when, I don't know, number one, how people found out they were the only food source, uh, you know, around. But a lot of people were commenting like how sad it was that these people were probably getting paid like $9 an hour to go through this. Yeah, they just look defeated. And I hope that a, a story like this, the, this image of the two, uh, for those listeners uh, of the podcast who aren't watching on YouTube, there's uh, a photo of a girl. She can't be anything more than 18. And a guy who's probably early 20s. The guy's sitting on the ground, hat over his face. The girl has her uh, hand over her head. They look like they've just ran a marathon. And the whoever took the picture, you know, was probably the manager, didn't have to do any of the work. Correct. He was probably just in the office. <laughs> Which is a joke. No, he, he definitely was working hard. I've, I've known plenty of Domino's managers from back in the day. Isn't it crazy to think, like, there was this photo I saw of the, the aftermath of downtown. I think it was downtown Houston. Fully lit up and had power. But... All of the neighborhoods right outside the main part of the downtown were just completely blacked out. That That's a rolling blackout, right? Where yeah. in order to keep the, the power grid online, they will start with power in one area, turn it off to another area, then turn it on to another. That's um, what they tried to do, from my understanding, is they tried to like keep certain neighborhoods up and like just kind of make it so that no neighborhood was without power for a certain period of time. But it sounds like it definitely didn't happen. Right. And and bringing it back to the Domino's story, like, what did the grocery stores do? Because you'd think people would come in and want to get food off the shelves. But if you don't have power, no POS system, how do you sell it? Yeah. I mean, we've gone far past uh, typical or old fashioned systems where you use the ka-chunk, ka-chunk machine on a credit card. Heck, most cards nowadays don't even have the numbers printed on them not raised anyway yeah it also makes me think to the just sheer volume of misinformation that has come out from that week the way different citizens thought you know this one political party is doing this or this one political party is, is trying to uh, disenfranchise us this way or and the green new deal caused this yeah which, which by the way, the Green New Deal doesn't exist anywhere besides a paper on somebody's desk. Correct. I don't think I want to continue to harp on this too much, but let, let's just put a few facts out there. Right now in Texas, they exist on their own power grid separate from the national power grid so that they can take their own money and keep it within their their system and inevitably say that they have bargaining points against the United States, right? That's one of their reasonings behind it. But it also meant that in a time of a disaster, which happened 10 years ago, they had time to be able to plan for this. There was inaction and they didn't have resources from the surrounding states that could have helped them because we didn't hear about Arizona, New Mexico, Oklahoma. We didn't hear about any of those neighboring states having similar problems. Right. I mean, there were several maps that showed this huge polar vortex coming down and covering, I think it was all the way into the into Mexico. 
point. But yeah. the entire United States was completely covered in snow and ice. Yeah, Minnesota straight down, going a little, a little bit to the west. The other thing that they kept saying was that for solar and wind power, this is a clear example of how that doesn't work. That weather, that it doesn't hold up to the weather, that it's a toy, as Tucker Carlson called it. This is just a simple little toy. Well, those power sources account for 25% of their power grid. And when the cheapskates who installed them put them in, they refused to put in things that would allow for heating elements so that they would run just fine. You know, like that solar thing that's on the Mars rover where it's like negative 300 degrees Fahrenheit. So you're saying if they would have just used a tool. Common sense. Just like tucker carlson ah that yeah. they could probably have avoided this uh, that's exactly what i'm saying and the only and the problem is is the only people that suffer from this are the people the the people the people the that people live there texas and yeah. you and i know plenty of people that live there and who had some rough times going through all of that i i saw i saw via social media thankfully that most people that i know are just fine you know they had to tough it out for a while cover themselves in blankets go to places that were still kind of open and in with power but thankfully everybody made it could you imagine being a parent and having any number of children and saying all right i need to keep them safe i need to keep them warm i need to keep everybody alive and fed only to find out that your electric bill for the previous day was five thousand six thousand seven thousand dollars i don't even know like how you justify something like that I mean, was the power was off. What caused that spike? Well, so that power was from the, the power company there um, charging them for emergency electricity. Emergency electricity that I'm sure they never got. Right. Or, or if they did, the rates were so incredibly high. Like it, I wonder if any of these bills long term are going to be uh, proven legal. Right, right. I'm sure they're going to be contested, every single one of them. It's uh, it's a shame, is what it is. And those who are in charge, if you don't feel some sort of shame, shame on you. It, it just seems like common sense. I mean, you want to take care of people. Yes, I understand you're trying to make a profit. You're trying to be this secessionist state, you know, who thinks they can do better than the entirety of the U.S. government. You know, we think we know better than several different trains of thought we can figure it out ourselves but it's it's times like these it's crises where all of your flaws are exposed Mm -hmm. and everything is brought to the forefront and it was a complete and utter failure so i want to bring this story to what ted cruz did briefly and i want to compare it to something that we saw a few years back which i think is a valid story it's a it's a tangent from it but the news came out, and I'll link the, the Reddit post here, that Ted Cruz was captured via photo and video getting on a flight to Cancun. He then, here's how the story goes, claims that his daughter made him go. Then the text message thread from his wife and, and friends came out that, no, indeed, he wanted to go, and his wife was the one that was planning the whole thing, to which then he backtracks. So, like, what kind of terrible person blames their own shitty choice on their children and you as somebody who uh m- might be aligned with ted cruz's political beliefs 
said, I can dismiss that. Here, here's the tangent I have for you, Scott. Do you remember Al Franken? I remember Al Franken, yes. So Al Franken was a Democratic politician in Minnesota who was generally beloved by his constituents. Do you remember why he gave up his seat in the Senate? Yes, it was because he felt shame over an old photo that arised from, oh, I don't even know, it was several, several years earlier of him basically leering over this sleeping model pretending to grab at her breasts. He made the adult choice to say, I made a bad choice when I was younger. At this point, I am not a good representation for the people who put me in position. I lied to you or I broke your trust and therefore I'm going to take what you could argue is the right choice, maybe a a forced choice to be like, I shouldn't do this. And then you have somebody like Ted Cruz who literally is like, nope, this is my child's fault. Oops, sorry, it wasn't my child's fault. It was my wife's fault. Al Franken wanted to not be a distraction. He wanted people to trust in the system. Ted Cruz is walking around basically saying he didn't even go. I have a picture right here that shows him with cornrows. I mean, you don't get those in Houston. You don't get those in El Paso. He definitely went to Mexico. You know, naturally, you, 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 go, to, uh, you go to Cancun. I mean, you got to do this, right? You got to pull the Monica before you come home. That's right. Oh, that's a Friends reference, isn't it? It was a Friends reference. Well, Willie, I'm glad you brought up Friends at the very end there because it helps me transition into our next story. Speaking of Friends and of things that are broken, this happened just today. So it's kind of breaking news. Uh, It won't be for people who are hearing this a couple days from now, but you will have had time to grieve. And the things that are broken are the hearts of millions everywhere as... In r slash music, Daft Punk calls it quits. This this is a hard moment for me. On I, I don't know why this one hit it hard. Did you watch their, their video? Yeah, I, the most heartbreaking thing about it was it was old footage. And so it was called Epilogue, which everybody knows is the end. I think it's I think it's Latin. Sure. Let's go with that. And people were thinking that because we haven't heard anything new from them in several years that maybe they would go out on a last hurrah maybe they would do something really big and glitzy and glamorous kind of like they're known for that's been their their chutzpah for their entire career yeah i think that's also latin and the only thing we got was this recycled footage of i don't know if it was one of their first videos but yeah it's it's definitely something that's been used before and so now people are really disappointed because they're like, they're not going to come out with anything last minute. They're not probably not going to work on the next Tron legacy sequel soundtrack. I mean, uh, they still could. Absolutely. absolutely. And, and not and not as a they, but as an individual. But they're not like Tool who comes out with, you know, a new album every 10 years. Right. We were expecting something a little bit more. And this announcement was completely out of left field. It's odd to me that they chose to make an announcement. Like, a lot of bands will just... Do a press release or something? Or not even that, right? They might just say, hey, I'm just going to go... I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. I'm going to go raise my family. I'm going to do my thing. I might go do, like, music production or a a different jobby job over here. What are you going to go do? And they don't even acknowledge or make comment to the fact that they're just not doing it anymore. 
they just kind of put it on pause and maybe one day they'll get back together. They weren't really famous for giving a lot of interviews. So we would never have gotten them sitting down with, uh, say, French television's late night show, if they have that over there, <laughs> uh, and saying like, oh, we're, we're calling it quits here on French Jimmy Kimmel. You know, it's just, we're done. Uh, man, I, gr- I grew up with, with Daft Punk. It was uh, such a big, big part of my childhood. I remember when I got my first car, I drove a 1986 Reliant K station wagon. Wow. Which, fun fact, is why the band Reliant K is named what they are. Uh, so the car was as old as I am. Uh, if you're doing the math there, shut up. But it won't be me. It won't be me. Yeah, no, I, I'm, man, I just remember listening to all like what were some of the names of their songs other than Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger that everybody knows. Get Lucky, Debbie Does Dallas. That, that's one of their that's one of my favorites. Yeah. What Actors were some other nine? I mean, that was all over the place. Yeah. I mean, South Park even made a reference to it. It was crazy. I, I just remember back in college thinking that like this band was revolutionary with their style of electronic music and they had either it, it was the cartoons that were playing in front of their music videos or their robot costumes and wondering who they were, like the mystery around it and not really having the wherewithal to kind of search and figure out who these people were. We just knew that they were French and they played amazing shows, but they kind of wanted to keep their identities a secret. And it just kind of built into the whole facade that everybody grew up to love. Uh, they'll definitely be missed. Or I'm just going to go watch Tron Legacy. Enjoy the hell out of that movie. It was so good. I'm glad you like it. I usually just put like uh, a towel in front of the TV and listen to the music. Oh, you don't you don't like the visuals of that film, huh? No, I thought it was I thought it was just as bad as Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> You're correct. Not not everybody can uh, can soar and lasso the clouds, Scott. Oh god, that movie was bad. Hey, speaking of things roaring, like my ears, ladies and gentlemen, the Roaring Kitty is a post this week from Wall Street Bets. This week we saw, and I'm gonna need a lot of help from you on this because you're gonna have to fill me in. But we saw Mr. Uh, DFV, Deep Fucking Values himself, Ken, Kenneth Griffin, is that his name? That's the guy from Family Guy. Ken Griffey Jr.? That's the guy from The Mariners. George Costanza? That's the guy from Friends. Tom Hanks? That's my guy. Uh, Finding Nemo? That's DreamWorks. This has all been a weird fever dream for me. Uh, But there is a photo of him attending his congressional hearing around what happened with game stonks and everything else did you get a chance to watch this hearing or see any highlights i read the transcript script from keith gill i believe that's who you were trying to to figure out earlier in the in the corner of the photo it said mr kenneth griffin is his name ken griffey jr i don't know man i'm just reading the thing you got to fill me in here so hold on hold on hold on a few minutes later okay his name is Keith Gill. Do you see the photo that I'm looking at, though? I, I do, but I'm looking at it right here. I will send you this link. Okay. Yeah. Keith, deep fucking value. Gill is one of the Reddit traders. Okay, so real, real-time real follow-up, if this makes it into the show. 
I am not quite sure why the name Mr. Kenneth Griffin is in the back corner, but maybe that's the person who was speaking or the person who was hosting the call, potentially. Probably. Probably. But Keith Gill. So he had his, uh, do I need to start that whole thing? I'm not going to start it over. You guys, I'm an idiot and I got the name wrong. This is why I asked Scott, because (laughs) Scott knows a little bit more about this. What was the outcome of, of this call, though? He basically was called to testify in front of Congress and okay. answer some questions from some senators. He gave a statement where he explained everything from point A to point B on his actions and involvement with the recent game stonk escapades. He basically explained it like we explained it, that he found this stock. He did his own due diligence and figured out that... All these companies were shorting it, so he was going to bet against them. And he in no way ever represented himself as a financial advisor. He thought that because it had been brought up before on Reddit, that it would be okay to talk about it and show his positions, never, never giving anybody any sort of insider information. He said that his YouTube videos that he posted about it usually only had a handful of viewers at any point in time when he was live streaming. So there's no way that he could be responsible for for what happened. And the best thing at the very end is he said the words that everybody wanted to hear. He said, I like the stock. That, for anybody that was following at home, was the meme line of the day. And he just, he trolled Congress. It was amazing. Yeah, I, I just remember seeing uh, memes where people were like, he's he's going to do it. He's going to say it. He's going to say the thing. He's going to say the thing. And then it's just uh, underquoted with, I like the stock. And then it, the whole bar goes crazy and starts throwing beer everywhere. That's a funny <laughs> meme. A, a lot of other videos came out this week around this, too. There's this one from Wall Street Bets that said, today, Interactive Brokers CEO admits that without the buying restrictions, GME would have gone up into the thousands. Which I find, as a law-abiding citizen, preposterous that something like that could technically be allowed it because it screwed so many people. Once again, common sense would think that the majority would somehow be protected or looked after. But no, as, as I mentioned, Willie, you know, when we, we had our predictions on what would happen... I figured the rich would continue to get richer and they would get away with everything. Yeah, there's a there's a comment and I might bleep some of this out because I think it, it's a bit aggressive in its language. Not that I haven't sworn enough, but so th- one of the top comments says, this sounds like I'm owed money that was stolen, to which somebody replies and says, exactly f-ing this. I want a f-ing bailout because I was robbed, not in a rhetorical sense. I was robbed in a very literal gun in my back demanding my wallet way. I and all of you other cards who played by the rules and got fucked got f-ed in the ass uh, by people in power cheating the rules. I want my f-ing bailout. I'll accept a valuation of $3,500 per share and will be more than happy to provide 100% of my transactional history to back up my payout. I want my f-ing bailout. That's how people are feeling. And so many people agree with this comment. Now, uh, you can tell he's a little frustrated. Slightly. 
Uh, is the hard R a word that this subreddit uses to define themselves? Yeah, they call themselves a lot of names. And, you know, if we were looking at it from a mental health perspective, we would say it's it's a very negative approach. Yeah, it kind of feel it kind of feels like people that saw Wolf of Wall Street and said, I could do that from my bedroom. Maybe a, a, a little too Jersey Shore happening in, the, in those comments. <laughs> Either way, though, like it was a big week for this. I think more and more people are figuring out that, nope, retail investors are not are not the problem here. It's really the the big Wall Street getting in the little people's way and making it so that we can't. Uh, little people is not the right for you know what I mean. The little guy's way. I'm trying to be more whatever. Uh, <laughs> dig. This is me digging myself a deeper fucking hole. I didn't even want to go there because <laughs> we would definitely get canceled. The really nice thing to see is that in DFV's response. He was able to say that he got to talk to his family and say they were millionaires for the very first time. You know, he was able to help his wife, who had kind of helped him out in a rough spot uh, in his career. He got to share the money with his his extended family. And one of the coolest things that maybe a lot of people who aren't paying attention didn't see, he bought more. He has, in fact... Doubled down. So when the stock dipped or he, he got more options at $29. So he's got his options that are the $4 ones. And he just bought 100000 more at $29. I mean, he definitely has money to be able to invest it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if you read his testimony, you see all of the financial institutions that he worked for. He didn't. He's not a hedge fund himself per se, but he has certainly worked in the system, which is why I was predicting that he kind of knew how to do all of this. He had definitely gleaned information from his time there. So yeah, he took advantage of the place that he worked at. I'm sure that's just called, you know, career skills. Right. I mean, every everybody makes actions as their hobbies or the things that they find passion in based on previous knowledge and resources right i think that's only fair yeah if you're a contractor nobody's gonna tell you not to go home and you know build a house on some land you bought you know the day the day of a big business putting all of their social clout in their way to try and disenfranchise somebody i think is going away like we're not gonna have the woman with the burning hot coffee from mcdonald's moments anymore Right. I believe what you're saying is like, gone are the days where uh, Goliath can just pick on David without a million other Davids showing up to have his back. Literally holding their phones going, uh, that's not what he said. Yep. Now, the interesting thing, do you remember back in 2008 with the big housing bubble crash that brought us into the first recession, right? The big short, that was based off of uh, one real person who predicted that this big surge in the stock market, this big surge was going to happen, and here's the and here's the fall, the fall of our economy. I do you remember that guy's name? Uh, I think it was Michael Burry. That's the correct name. Yep. That's okay. The fact that you got that every time is um, it's amazing. I am a walking uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Mm-hmm. He has come out now and predicted that we're about to see it again we're about to see the same fall 
into a recession one more time. So you're saying I should pull out all of my money right now? You don't always have to pull out, Scott, but now might be a good time. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening this week. We are all over the place. Scott is still getting it up over on Instagram, uh, which is what, Scott? Sub for that. You can follow us on Twitter at... Sub the number four that. And if you want to get a little personal, Scott and I both have some socials. Scott is... At Scott Carolla on Twitter. And I am WildMN293 on Twitter as well. So remember, no matter what you're into, whether it's I'm 14 and this is deep, vegan DE, pay money wubby, or muddy mitt mass krug. There's a sub for that. that.